Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton, and with me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, today we have the luxury of being the only podcast on the feed this week, so we can talk about <laughs> whatever we want. So we might take a break from, from taking a shot at, at Matt Hicks's his takes or his rankings, and we can just talk about Debbie, Dynasty, whatever. So let's do that. Let's do it. I'm all in. It'll be fun. Awesome. All right. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. Rookie big board patrons have access to the Dynasty Plus Debbie Big Board and Consensus Crew Rankings, the 2024 Rookie Big Board, 2023 Seasonal Projections, and full access to the RBB Discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than the round of drinks I bought Monday night to celebrate the huge Vikings win over San Francisco. That was very unexpected, but definitely a good time. I can't believe it, but congratulations, man. Yep, yep, it was fun. I mean, it's always fun when your team wins, but you're still... Right. And it was the first whole game we've won. Things, I don't know what it would amount to, but it's fun in the moment. So well, and and, and that that's the thing. I I had told people like, you know, with this crappy start, I've just already kind of written off the season. Like, you know, whatever happens, happens. I know mm-hmm. we're not Super Bowl bound. So whatever, right? I just let's let's enjoy the season for what it's worth, you know, and it, it takes away the stress on game days. Well then to, to go into a game with zero expectations and then they win against a really good team. I'm like, wow, that was a lot of fun. I kind of, kind of forgot what that felt like. So much better than the just ugly gross win against Chicago the week before. But yeah, anyway, moving on, you can, of I don't course, even watch the Panthers anymore. It's like, ugh, yeah, I, I'm just going to turn on red zone. I, they don't deserve half of my Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> But man, Adam Thielen's balling. I'll, I'll admit, I never saw that. I did not see him <laughs> as a top five to ten wide receiver this year. Holy crap! Me neither. Killing it. But anyway, want to remind people you can try the rookie big board for free now. Click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our Discord. Get trade help, roster advice, and chop it up with our community of over two hundred and fifty fantasy football sickos. Let's start off with some guys on the Debbie side, some guys that you mentioned you wanted to bring up and we'll, we'll begin with quarterbacks and our guy, Dante Moore, UCLA probably needs some, some talking about. So what do you got on Dante? Yeah. I mean, we got to acknowledge this, right? Like we've both touted him. We've waxed eloquent about how much we love him. And he had, three really rough weeks to start conference play. I talked about it last week on the solo pod that he had twice as many interceptions as he had touchdowns, twice as many losses as he had wins. And, you know, just a rough start. Well, Chip Kelly must've noticed the rough start too, because Dante Moore got benched this week for Ethan Garbers. And not only that, but Garbers threw for 250 plus yards with two touchdowns, no picks, and they won 42 to seven. It was their smoothest win probably all season, first win in conference play. So that's not great for our guy Dante Moore. But uh, yeah, what do you what do you think, Skip? Is this how worried are you about this development? You know, one one game where where a guy gets benched doesn't really concern me, especially as a true freshman. I I think mm-hmm. 
this thing can happen. There's some growing pains. It takes a while to, to come in and really hold on to that position and be good from the start. You know, not, not everybody's a Trevor Lawrence where they come in as a freshman and, and immediately, you know, go out and win a championship. So right. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sweat it. If it's, if it's a, a reoccurring theme where he gets another chance and then gets benched again, he gets another chance, you know, and, and we keep mm-hmm. seeing that and that it has to bleed into, to, to his sophomore year for me, then, then I get worried. Yep. The, the negative is for people, you know, that only think in the short term and they, they, they're all about what have you done for me lately? His yeah. value will actually take a little bit of a hit. So if anybody had him and was looking to capitalize on, on him looking the part early, that may have taken a, a bit of a dive, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not worried right now. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I mean, I mentioned this last week on the show. Most of his peers haven't even earned their way into the field yet. So like, how can you knock him for going through some lumps early as a starter when nobody else has even earned the starting job? So I I think we're going to talk about some other Debbie quarterbacks in a minute and how volatile the position is and how risky of an investment it is to invest in any Debbie quarterback. But I, I would look to potentially buy this dip. If there is a dip, if if the owner is worried at all uh, about, you know, he's not looking good, he's throwing all these interceptions, he got benched, I would I would make some inquiries like, hey, what would it take to get Dante Moore off your hands? And just see where the conversation goes because, I you know, I think the traits are all there and he's got so much time to develop. And Chip Kelly, I mean, it could be coach speak. I actually looked this up a little bit. I read an article that Chip Kelly was asked about the decision to start Ethan Garvers, and he said that it was because Dante Moore was banged up coming into the week uh, off their last game, and so he didn't get to practice much this week, and so they just went with the the other guy, and and it could very well be Dante Moore right back in this week. So um, I'd at least make some inquiries. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, if you if you want to see if you can't pick him up, now's now's a good a good chance to do that. Another guy, twenty twenty five eligible, Drew Aller, Penn State. People are are starting to worry about him and that they're just not seeing what they hope to see with this kid. You know, we're getting you know fairly close to the end of of year number two. Mm-hmm. What's your your level of concern for Drew Aller? Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned if it bleeds into sophomore season, you're concerned, right? Now, Aller didn't start last year. This is kind of his first, our first time seeing him, but he is a sophomore. He had a whole year to sit and develop and learn the playbook and practice with a college coach, collegiate coaching staff, get in the weight room. Like, it, it's his first year starting, but he shouldn't look like a true freshman. And there's issues. I, I see like, not just with the stat line, I mean, you can look at the box score and say, okay, yeah, another week, they only put up 12 points. Another week that uh, he threw for less than 200 yards. He had less than, he threw 42 passing attempts, I believe completed less than 15% of them, 18 for 42 and, and less than 200 yards on over 40 passing attempts. That's just not like, that's not what you want to see. But on, on from a tape standpoint, too, I think his footwork looks erratic. His mechanics look a little all over the place. His accuracy is a little all over the place. He he is trying too much of these off-platform 
throws, relying too much on his arm talent instead of just good fundamental football. And, you know, there's a lot of other factors, too, that are outside of his control. The O-line's not great. He doesn't have any good wide receivers. Um, but I, I think you got to be concerned at this point about Drew Aller. So the question becomes, what are you doing with him? Like, is this a buy-the-dip guy like we just talked about with Dante Moore? Is this a hold if you have him and hope things turn around? Is this – actively sell and even though it feels like you're selling low just get what you can while you can because he's not going to be a a thing like what what are you doing with you know i think that would depend on my roster if i'm if i'm a dynasty competitor and i've got drew aller sitting there on my bench and i i feel good at quarterback which odds are i do if i'm competitive i Mm. might see if there isn't a piece that i could could get from a a non-contending team where they they'd be willing to take a chance on Aller to give up a win now piece and see if I can't can't move him there because he still has some value. I mean, he's not yeah. you know, he's not a senior because then then it would be all right, now you're just getting you know, whatever pocket lint you lint you can possibly find from somebody. Sure. But yeah, he's you know, he's got some upside still, of course, and you know, guys can turn it around. They can all of a sudden come out and just start balling, you know, from one year to the next. And like you said, he didn't play much his freshman year. So there's, there's still an opportunity there because he does have a lot of physical traits that everybody, you know, fell in love with coming in. So it, it does highlight the fact that this 2025 class is, is not looking the greatest except for like a handful of wide receivers right now. So if you're if you're in a regular dynasty league with no Debbie, those first round picks, maybe 2025, 2025, you gotta start selling those and see if see if you can't get some good players. Cause right now it is it's looking pretty bleak. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think that's a great move. If you're a contender and, and you've got him and you can sell him for a piece to help you win. Uh if you are rebuilding, are you basically just holding him? and just hoping things turn around. Is there any scenario where you would buy Drew Aller right now? Yeah, I think the, again, I'm not competitive and I, and I can get him for, for either way less than the value that I place him at, or I'm giving up a piece that because I'm not a contender is not a long-term piece. And so I, it really doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm fine getting that piece and, and maybe getting a, an Aller, you know, especially if I, if I need a, a, another dart at quarterback, right. I need, I need to take another chance and see what happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nice thing about buying the dip is if he does come back next season and starts looking good, his value goes up. You don't have to, you know, rely on him to get good draft capital and be good in the NFL. You could then trade him and, and take your profit. Then we've talked about mm-hmm. that in the past running back Braylon Allen, Wisconsin starting to get, a lot of buzz as the number one running back in the 2024 rookie class. Do you agree with that assessment? I know you and I haven't been the hugest Braylon Allen guys, but um, stand on him. I still kind of lean Henderson. I mean, he, he was looking explosive and kind of returned to form, but here he is hurt again. I, the guy can't stay healthy. So I, I don't feel great, super confident about that take. I still kind of lean Henderson over Allen. 
Allen's leaning towards being the consensus RB1 of the class, and I think that's not necessarily a good thing for the class. Like It just shows right. that all the other guys <laughs> who we thought were better than him are falling by the wayside, and uh, I don't know. He still he runs so stiff for me and so upright, and and I just don't I don't see a lot of juice. He's great, great, great at breaking tackles. Um, he's catching passes this year, but I don't think that that's an NFL trait that he really possesses. Um, like I don't I don't think an NFL team is going to want to use him in that way. So, yeah, I'm. I'm not out on him, but even like all this monster production is coming after Malusi got hurt. And now all of a sudden he's, he's back to being a bell cow. But when, when Malusi was out there, he was splitting touches and and even getting slightly less touches. And it, he just seems like one of those guys that like, like a Derrick Henry, he needs like those 20 plus carries just wear defense down and then hope he breaks a big one in the fourth quarter and and not a lot of PPR upside, and that's not an archetype that I love for fantasy. Right. So um, I'm I would be more excited. Like I'm more impressed watching guys like Devin Neal and Bucky Irving, who are a little bit more undersized. But I don't. I just I just prefer watching them play. Like they're elusive. They make the first guy miss. They've got the acceleration to get to the second level. That's that's um, what I was gonna say. The the explosive passes first. Yep. So, yeah, Braylon Allen's probably going to be the RB1 of the class, and I'm probably going to have no shares at cost. And I think him being the RB1 of the class is more of an indictment on the class than it is um, anything special about Braylon Allen. I agree. All right, switching over to maybe a little more positive spin, a couple of wide receivers to talk about. First one, Tez Walker at North Carolina course controversially not playing for much of the season but he's playing now and he's looking the part nice to see him on the field and succeeding yeah absolutely and he looks great like you know he put some nice traits on film uh when he was dominating at uh what was it kent state that he was at uh, before before transferring and, you know, he was putting up huge CFF numbers. And so last year, this was a guy that you could find on waivers in campus to Canton leagues. And it was like, okay, here's a college producer with maybe a little bit of Debbie upside. And then he transfers and now he's at UNC. He's getting a lot more, you know, theoretically a lot more national exposure. And he's playing with Drake May. Is he going to put his name on the Debbie map? And then obviously this whole eligibility issue kind of, threw a lot of cold water on that, but, but here he is like he, they let him on the field and he is tearing it up in three games. He's got over 300 yards on the season so far. He's got four touchdowns in three games. Uh, he just had 11 catches this week. So he's, he's racking up the targets and there was before he got on the field, there was no UNC wide receiver that was doing this. So like, that just shows that as soon as he got on the field, it's like he's the best guy in the room. He's the go-to guy. Drake May is looking for him every time. He's getting open. He's earning targets. Before the, before Tez Walker got on the field, they were spreading it around all over the place. And now it's just Tez Walker, Tez Walker, Tez Walker, Tez Walker. And so, yeah, I think he's he's a big riser and someone that I think is showing 
now on the power five level that, yeah, I belong in the Debbie conversation and I'm going to be a serious player in an already loaded 2024 wide receiver class. Yeah, absolutely. And when six, three, 200 pounds, Devontae Walker, you know, has the size that a lot of people like, and if he continues to, to put those traits on film, he's going to be skyrocketing up the boards for the list of what you said is definitely a, a deeper and deeper wide receiver class. I think the, the longer that this college season moves forward. Like last year it was, you know, you got Jackson Smith and Jigba and Addison and flowers and they're all like five, nine and 190 pounds soaking wet if they're lucky. And this year it's like, the alpha wide receiver has made a comeback. It's all guys that are like six foot three, six foot four, 200 pounds. So the people who are suckers for that archetype are going to love this wide receiver class. For sure. And and the one guy that isn't that heavy, but still has the height, Xavier Worthy, Texas, of course, very exciting freshman season. People were a little bit down on him last year. Now feels like he's he's gone back up and he's starting to get into that you know, top five wide receiver conversation again in this 2024 rookie class. So Xavier Worthy, Texas, you know, where are you at with him? Yeah, he's a guy that I'm definitely coming back around on. I mean, when we talk archetype and um, which one do you kind of lean towards? You, you, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I prefer a guy that is going to run routes and create separation and get open and earn a high volume of targets uh, over the big bodied contested catch type of guy. And, and in a class where we have a lot of contested catch, big bodied type of guys, Xavier Worthy is one of those quick jitterbug. And, and originally, I think most people viewed him as just a deep threat. But the more that I watch the tape on him, the more that I see he, he really is a route technician and there's a reason that for three straight years in college football, he has earned a high volume of targets and has, has produced. And so there's still some questions about his hands and, and his physicality playing through contact. But I think when all is said and done and I really dig into the tape, he's going to end up being one of my favorite wide receivers in this class. And that's not something that I thought I'd be saying. Excellent. I like it. All right, really quick. I listed out just three guys from a dynasty perspective that, I've decided I'm pretty much out on and I, I don't trust them. I don't think they're going to be recovering any, any sort of value. A couple of them are quarterbacks, uh, Jordan love green Bay. I'm just not seeing it with him. I, I know he's got a very young nucleus of pass catchers around him. I mean, it, across the board, first and second year players. So I get that. I just, watch him and I don't like what I see. I see bad decisions, bad throws, doesn't throw a good deep ball. I mean, there, there's nothing exciting about Jordan Love. And I feel like while it's his first year as a starter, he's been, you know, being groomed for this for years. And he was a first round talent. I mean, pick, he should have, he should be better, even though it's his first season, in my opinion. And that that's why I'm, I'm not interested in, in trading for him whatsoever. I don't have any shares. So I don't have to worry about getting rid of them. But the next guy, and you can chime in a bit, but the next guy I do have a share of, and I just desperately want to remove him from my roster, is Deshaun Watson, Cleveland. I, man, that year so off, he looks, he looks terrible. And I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to get it back. So that's, yeah. 
I have a few Deshaun Watson shares and um, I'm holding at this point. Like I, I think you could definitely still trade him and get good value. Like people have not left him for dead yet. And so if you really want to get him off your roster, I think you can. Um, and I'm, a, I'm concerned, you know, like I, I saw the first two weeks of the season, he looked pretty rough. And then I believe it was week three he looked the best that he's looked in a Cleveland uniform. And, and I was like, all right, here we go. You know, he's shaking off the rust. And then he had this shoulder thing and I don't know. It's weird. Cause it's like, Oh, was he cleared to play maybe, but then he didn't clear himself to play. Does that mean he has a bad attitude or whatever? Well, no, like we, we clearly saw that he went out and tried to play through it this week. And if you if you watch every single throw, he's like shot putting the thing. Like he it did not look right. His shoulder is not right. If they cleared him to play, they're stupid. Like like he should right. need. And and they just came out this week. And they said PJ Walker now is is back starting, and and Deshaun is gonna rehab. And and it looked like so to me, it's injury related. Like okay. I jury is still out for me on. Is he washed up or not? I think there's a very good chance that he's not, and he just needs to get get himself healthy again. So I don't want to sell low right now. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think he's going to get back to where he was before. You know, he was he was top five he to seven five. fantasy yeah. quarterback. I just I just don't see it now, and I, I don't know if he'll ever get there. Even if he does get back to more of what you talked about in week three, and the other one, and I know you're not going to like this, but. Wide receiver Jamison Williams, Detroit. I just, I know it's been just one thing after another keeping him off the field, but man, he's not doing anything on the field. And I don't know if that's going to change. I, mm. they've got, they've got young pieces that are taking targets. I mean, Amon Ra, Laporta, Gibbs, Reynolds is not a young wide receiver, but it feels like they like him better. And I just don't think Jamison Williams is going to be anything more than that spot deep guy that we'll throw it to and hopefully connect. I, I just, I don't see him, you know, running routes, intermediate shorter routes to, to get a lot of attention and targets. So I'd, I'm not, I, I'm disappointed that I was hoping that for, for more at this point. And I, again, I know he's, he's not played a lot, but man, just, just one of the ugliest starts to a career I've ever seen from a first round pick. Yeah, and not just a first-round pick. I mean, he, he went, what, 12th overall, and they traded up to get him. So, obviously, they knew when they drafted him that he had the ACL thing. So, last year is kind of a wash. Like, we knew that it would be. And then the gambling thing, that's that stinks. Um, and it, it seems like they just kind of got used to life without him. And, and I don't know if they're wanting to work him in more as he, you know, just as he develops, like um, – he hasn't been on the field, you know, even I, I don't recall. Was he even allowed to practice during that gambling suspension? I don't think um, so. I think yeah, if you're suspended, you can't, you can't play at all. Practice yeah. So that's, that's tough. But in spite of no catches this week, which is not good. Zero burger. He did have six targets his most all season. He has not yet played over 50% of the snaps, which that's not great. So I want, I'm going to be paying attention does he get more involved? Does that snap share go up as the season goes on? I, I at this point, I'm just hoping 
that they have a plan to use the guy that they spent the 12th overall pick on and, and trade it up for. But I think there's a very real concern that you're right, that he's just a spotty deep threat and that he's never a consistent fantasy producer. It's a shame because I absolutely loved what I saw in his college tape. I did not think he was just a deep threat. I thought he was a really, really good route runner. Um, and, and to this point, we just haven't seen it. So uh, related to Jamison Williams, I mean, I haven't been buying him for over a year now. Like I at cost, at startup ADP, I've just been holding the shares that I do have, and I have a decent amount from his rookie draft just because I liked him a lot as a prospect, and he was going in the late first round, so he was very acquirable. So I've got a decent amount of shares floating around on rosters, but I haven't bought any new shares in a while. So in that sense, I've been out on him. But the ones that I have, I'm not going to sell for for the lint in your pocket. Like, I'm just going to yeah, hold. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold and hope that things turn around by – you know, the last half of the season. Cause at least you're right. At least he got six targets. Be nice to catch a couple of those, but <laughs> we don't, would. we don't want him to be another Jalen Hyatt. Oh, there it was. Sorry. Couldn't <laughs> resist. <laughs> All right. We're going to discuss some Debbie and dynasty trades in just a minute. But first I want to ensure, you know, that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can play pickup contests for all sports and win three times your bet on just a two for two, or of course do more for bigger and better prize opportunities. They do like free plays quite a bit. There was one today that I missed because I was too busy working, but it was like a basketball one where it was literally 0.5 points was the over under. So they're just giving you the over on that player. And that's all you have to do is, is pick one other one to win. So it's, it's great. You have to check it out. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. All right, some trades. This first one's kind of a kind of a big boy trade. We got a Devi League, Drake London, Carnell Tate, and a Devi third round pick for Brandon Ayuk, DeAndre Swift, and Alexander Madison. So definitely, I'm assuming that the first side is the side that's trying to rebuild. And the second side is the side that's trying to win now because you're getting older. You're adding, you know, Madison who may or may not be the Vikings running back, even for the rest of the season, he's going to split carries, but <clears throat> he's not the key piece. Deandre Swift, I think is, is very, a very good piece to add. He's looked really good in Philadelphia. Once he, started getting the ball and becoming the main guy there. Brandon Ayuk's looked fantastic for San Francisco mm -hmm. and is definitely the number one target there. So, you know, from a, from a win now side, you, you have to like that side, Brandon, you know, Drake London is still a good valuable piece. He doesn't get the, the volume that you would expect from a guy drafted that high. Of course we love Tate, but he's, you know, three years away. And then a Debbie third, I mean, that could be, could be anything. So I think if I'm, if I'm on the rebuilding side, I'm liking the the pieces that I got for, for those three. But if I'm on the, the win now side, other than Madison, cause I've never really been a, a big Alexander Madison guy, but the other two that those two should definitely help you win. So this is a, this is a good example of a, of a trade that probably left both managers feeling pretty good about, about each side. Yeah, so this was actually my trade. Um, I, I received the Brandon Ayuk, DeAndre Swift side of this deal, um, and 
And I was pretty torn on it because uh, in in terms of like max points for, I'm kind of upper middle of the league, or I, I was prior to making this deal. Um, but my record was two and four. And I, I think there are, are some people in front of me in the standings that are kind of pretenders that will fall out of it um, by the time the playoffs roll around. But I would say that my shots, even after making this deal, are somewhat outside looking in on not on the playoff picture, but on like being a true contender. Um, so I'm not sure that this deal put me over the top, which is why I hesitated on it, because, you know, I love Carnell Tate um, and, and I love Drake London. And so, yeah, it was offered to me. It was sitting in my inbox. I don't care a thing about Madison. I think he's a scrub. I'm probably never going to use him. I mean, he split almost 50-50 with Cam Akers this week, which, you know, neither of them is good enough to produce from a fantasy perspective in a timeshare. So um, Madison was just whatever. He threw it in, and I was like, fine. Um, But really, it was like I viewed London to Ayuk as kind of a lateral move in terms of dynasty value, but with more production right now yes, uh, for my team. And then it was a it was a case of okay Swift versus Tate in the third. That's tough, but Swift is still like decently young. It's not like he's one of these one year rental type of running backs. We've talked a lot about. Um, it's easy to fall in love with these Devi names, but they're not scoring you points. You've got to wait on them for years. There's a ton of risk involved. There's no insulated value, and so. I love Carnell Tate. I think there's a very good chance in a couple of years that he's like the next Garrett Wilson and I'm kicking myself for making this move. But at the end of the day, I felt like I'm getting a really valuable player in Swift and I'm giving up two very, very big unknowns in Carnell Tate and a third. And so, yeah, this was a tough one because I liked all the assets that I gave up, but I thought uh, it makes me, it helps my chances of winning a championship and if I don't win, I'm I'm still getting decently young players back. It's not like I'm trading for like a Keenan Allen or Devontae Adams. Like these are guys that should be productive on my dynasty roster for multiple years. That's true. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna point that out as well, that it's not a one year thing. So I like that. Next one, also in a Debbie League, 12 team superflex start to tight end league. Uh very simple, one for one, Jackson Smith and Jigba for Mark Andrews. Oh my god. I want your take Nash on this one because this is Andrews. this is my this is my trade. And I, I received Mark Andrews. He sent me this. Wow. And I smash your side of this deal. I I, I sat on it and then today I was like, I, I gotta accept this. I just my tight ends in this league are they're okay. It's like I've I mean Ertz just went on IR, but I've got Schultz hmm. and That's not okay. I do have McBride. Well, Schultz Schultz has actually been okay, but I've got McBride, but I like, okay, I'm getting a top five tight end. He's still only 28. So it's not like he's going to be dead after the next year mm-hmm. or two. Yes. If JSN becomes the next, you know, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson type, then I might be like, Ooh, I let go of a target hog. But I think for this year, my team can be, can be competitive for a title and and upgrading at tight end was like step one to make sure that I'm really in a good position for that. I, I need to upgrade a, my second quarterback as well, but, but that was a one where I felt like I had some depth at wide receiver. So I'm going to, I'm going to give up a, a hot rookie prospect for, 
for a great time. Yeah, you crushed you crushed this deal. I mean, you can't be afraid of like what a guy could become in a few years. Like to let that stop you from making a move that can help you win a championship and get a guy when the dude you're trading away is, is just not producing right now. Especially like I would due to the scarcity of the tight end position and just the elite production of Mark Andrews, I would give this deal strong consideration even in a start one tight end with no tight end premium, this is still a deal that you have to at least think about. So to add in like start two tight ends, and I assume that there's some kind of premium involved, but um, the the scarcity of the tight end position and you have to start two of them, that just like skyrockets Mark Andrews value. And so to me, this is not even close. I'd, I'd gladly take the Mark Andrews side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I, glad I, Pulled the trigger on that one. Uh, another another one, Dynasty 12-team Superflex tight end premium. Straight up one for one, Drake London, Puka Nakua. Oh, my gosh. That is really <laughs> Again, tough. this is mine, so that might give it away. But <laughs> You got Puka. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, because I know you're not a huge Drake London guy. I mean, um, he's all right. I just, I'm so tired of the 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 lack of volume and people talk about how great he is. It's like, man, why isn't he getting more? And I know Ritter's just awful, but I, I just, I didn't get any Puka in, in rookie drafts. I just mm-hmm. never took him, And so I'm making up for that. I am continuously buying so far. I haven't regretted one second of it. I I'm enjoying that. I've, I've acquired a, a few shares and I'm, I, I wanted to talk about this one because I want to make sure that people, you know, listeners understand if you, if you don't get a guy and he, you know, for whatever reason, right. I, I I wasn't out on Puka. I just wasn't in on him. I should, I should have listened to Matt Hicks lesson learned. (laughs) I would have been in on him, but you can, you can pivot quickly and still make up for it. Like you don't, you know, don't just sit there and suffer because you, you didn't draft him. It's like, Every t- every time I'm in a league and somebody puts Puka on the tr- on trade bait, I- I'm making an offer. I'm like, all right, let me see. You know, they probably don't value him as much as I do. They're looking to capitalize on his increase. I'll take it. I will pay what I think is is fair value now for a player that I mm-hmm. think is going to be a target hog for years. And yeah, no, I think you're you're spot on. I mean, so. I was listening to um, Matt Harmon's podcast and they had a really interesting conversation. It made me think that they were like, if, if Jackson Smith and Jigva was having the season that Puka Nakua is having, where would we have him ranked in dynasty? And, you know, I, I think the answer is he would be a top three. He would be considered a top three dynasty wide receiver easily. Uh, and, like at worst. And the only reason that we don't view Puka that way is because, you know, fifth round pick day three, like, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba who came in as the consensus wide receiver one and was a first round pick. Like if he was doing this, you would not be able to send Drake London and get Puka Nakua. No shot. Like you'd have to add multiple big pieces to get from Drake London to Jackson Smith and Jigba if he was doing what Puka has done so far. And so, yeah, like if you're not worried about the fifth round pick thing, which you shouldn't be at this point, and you you think, well, 
he's going to keep doing this. And he's as young as he is. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to give up a guy like Drake London because I love him. And actually quietly the last four weeks, he's had targets of seven, nine, 12, seven. So the volume is, is creeping up as, as Atlanta's offense figures it out a little bit. Uh, and even before that, like six and eight. So really outside of that first week where he had one target, he's been, he's been getting decent volume this season. Um, but he's not getting Pukunakua volume. He's not a guy that you can plug in your lineup every single week and feel like he's going to give you wide receiver one production, which Puka is. So I totally, I totally get making that deal. That would be a real, I'd be really torn on that if that offer hit my inbox, but I totally get wanting, wanting the Puka side of it. I don't hate that at all. Yeah. And it, the guy that I offered it to is a known Drake London lover. So he, he, I mean, he smash accepted it. It was, it was great. I think we're both happy. All right. One more. Nice. Cause we're running out of time. A Debbie Superflex PPR six point passing TD league. So worth noting okay. one side, Dak Prescott and Quentin Johnston. The other side, Michael Penix jr. And Troy Franklin. The two sides of my brain are like torn here. Because there's the side of my brain that says always take the proven NFL assets over the Debbie dart throws. And so I'm like, Dak Prescott should theoretically be worth both of those Debbie players by himself. But then there's the side of my brain that's like, I hate Quentin Johnston and Dak (laughs) Prescott. And neither one of them is producing the way that you want them to right now. And I man, that fries my brain a little bit because I love Troy Franklin and I love Michael Penix Jr. And I really don't like either of the assets on the NFL side. But from a value standpoint, it's probably probably smash Dak in a six point passing touchdown league. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And in my brought this one up because if I'm trading Dak, I I need something more than a huge question mark at quarterback in Penix because he's got mm-hmm. injury history. And I think yeah, that he could might still be a day three guy. Like we don't know. Right. Exactly. And Troy Franklin, who we all are really starting to love. He's in that, that group of top five to seven wide receivers in the next year's draft. You know, they could, he could be a first round pick. So we, I like that, but I need more. I mean, if I'm, if I'm it's trading a quarterback, like, Dak Prescott yeah. is still like probably a second or third round startup pick especially with six point passing touchdowns, the position's so scarce. Like if you don't feel great about Penix and you're basically just viewing it as like Franklin and a dart throw for Dak and QJ, like you got to take Dak. So yeah, there, there's another significant piece there. (laughs) So I mean, Quentin Johnston is basically free in this scenario. I don't love Quentin Johnston, but if you're going to give them to me for free, like, sure, right. I'll take them, right? Yeah, because then I can turn around and trade them to someone else. All right, we are out of time, so we are going to skip over the rest of the trades. We're going to add we're going to add some of these maybe to a future show because I like talking trades, and I think it helps people get the value. So we might make this more of a regular thing. But once Love again, it. everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. For Matt, I am Skip. We will talk to you next week. Have an awesome weekend, everyone. Take care.